And I believe that to go where we need to go, we must be bound and determined. So say, I will be bound and determined. Now, as a pastor, I was thinking yesterday, early in the morning, about you, about people. And I said to myself, I want to see people live their best life. Well, I am bound and determined to find that secret. And the Lord showed it to me. Because if we want to see true happiness, it comes this way. This verse that I'm about to read must play out. It has to play out or we'll not see real joy. We'll not see real peace. We'll not see real happiness. You have to understand, I want to experience the fullness of God. Turn to 1 Peter, the first chapter, verse 7 through 9 in the New International Version. The apostle says, though you have not seen him, who are we talking about? Jesus. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. You're wondering how we're going to accomplish what we're going to accomplish. You're wondering how we're going to walk in this joy and this happiness. Watch. Though you have not seen him, yet you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with, watch, filled with inexpressible and glorious joy. So there's a key there. Because I know him, because I sense him, because I'm in relationship with him, I can have inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are, he goes on to say, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Even if you've not seen him, you have believed in him. And so today, I'm going to tell you, the enemy tries to twist our thinking and get us to thoughts like this, that God doesn't care about me, no one cares about me, nothing good's going to happen to me, I'm never going to make it. And you start turning those thoughts over and over in your mind, and you start moving further and further away from the truth of God, the truth that he's laid out before us, the faith of God. Watch this. So if we want to be filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, what must we do? We have to come in relationship with him. Even though we do not see him, we have to be in relationship with him. And in order for this to be realized, this joy that I speak of, we must know him and be bound and determined to walk in agreement with God. Agreement. Everybody say agreement. Because when you come into agreement with God, things begin to happen. And believe me when I tell you prayer works, prayer does work. See, the enemy doesn't want you to know that. And he wants you to think that you're wasting your time. Because see, when you speak to God, he hears you. So you say in agreement, what are you talking about in agreement? What does this mean? Well, the old song says it best. When it said, where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'm in agreement. Whatever he says, whatever God wants, I want. Whatever God sees, I want to see. Whatever God desires, I also desire that same thing. Wherever God is going, I want to go. 
Why? Because I know he will never lead, he will lead me beside still waters. He will comfort me and keep me from a disastrous situation. He will restore my soul. Jesus, <clears throat> our great shepherd, here's why I have confidence. Jesus, our great shepherd, the one that can bring inexpressible joy, he'll never lead me into chaos. That's like you're my friend and you're my doctor. You'll never lead me into a destructive mechanism for my health. Jesus will never lead me into a, to a chaotic situation. So I looked at the verse again, and when I thought about he'll never lead me into chaos in Psalms 23, verses we've known so well. The Lord is my shepherd. He'll never lead me into chaos. Why? I will never want. There's nothing that I'll have need of because he'll supply it before I even realize it. He makes me to lie down in a place where I can eat in green pastures. He doesn't lead me into a desert place where there's nothing growing. He leads me and lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. You say, what does that mean? Because the sheep never wanted to drink in troubled waters. They wanted to drink in still waters. He said he leads me into greener pastures, into still waters. And then he restores, he restores, he replenishes. He brings provision into my soul. The enemy may say you're through, you're finished, it's over, you don't have what it takes. And I'm going to tell you, I may not have what it takes, but God does. And as if spirit is dwelling within us, our mortal bodies, then we have everything we need to be victorious. So he makes me to lie down in green pastures beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of doing that which is right. I'm going to do what's right because he's my shepherd. Why? For his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Everywhere I go, you're there. In the dark of the night, midnight hour, you're there. In the morning hours, you're there. In the afternoon, you're there. When I'm driving my car, you're there. It doesn't matter where I am. He's there already. I may have plans for my future, but he's already stepped into my future. You see, God, I wonder if God knows the pain I'm in. God's already been past your pain. You're wondering why we need to be in agreement? I'm showing you what this agreement means. He says, I, I'm in the shadow of death. I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and staff, you, they comfort me. Why? Because it protects me. You watch over me. You prepare a table before me. And watch this. Not only in my, uh, with my friends. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. They got to see me eat well. They got to see me have more than enough. Are you catching this? Nothing will tick your enemy off. If you got a real enemy, it's to see you being blessed. They can't handle it. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. 
and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will be in agreement with God. I will be in agreement with the house of the Lord. I will be in agreement. What is this agreement you speak of? I'm talking about covenant. An agreement that cannot be broken. It's an agreement between God and his people in which God makes certain promises and then requires certain behavior from them in return. So just to make it clear, there are promises made, but God expects certain behavior from those that he's made the promise to in return. So in reference to this, in the agreement and in the covenant, what God is looking for, I want to take you to Matthew 18, verse 1 through 4 in the King James Version. And at the same time, there were disciples unto Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Who sits at the front of the choir? He called a child unto him and set him in the midst of them. And said, verily, verily, I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Why is it he chose a child? Because children believe you. If you tell a child, I'm going to take you out to eat, they expect you're going to do it. If you tell them you're going to buy them a new coat, they expect that coat. If you tell them you're going to buy them a special present, children just believe what you tell them. That's why they're so vulnerable. And they have faith. Tremendous amount of faith. That's why he used this analogy. That's why he laid it out this way. He said, you have to become like this. So I find out there's a covenant that I have to walk in. I have to be like a child. That's number one. We have to literally become as a child in order to be in an agreement and covenant with God. This came from the lips of Jesus Christ. Then he says in Matthew 12, verse 46, while he yet spake to the people, his mother and his brothers, Jesus did have brothers, stood without desiring to speak to him. Then one said unto him, Behold, your mother and your brethren stand without desiring to speak with you, Jesus. But he answered and said unto them, Who is my mother and who are my brethren? He asked the question. And he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples. And he said, Behold, my mother and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of my father which is in heaven, the same as my brother, sister, and my mother. You see the covenant there? It's those that do the will of the Father that are in the family. You're not in the family until you do the will of the Father. Even Jesus says, my mother's standing out there, my brothers are standing out there, but I don't have time for them because you are here with me and I am ministering to you. You are the ones that want to hear. You wonder how, how we're going to move in might? You have to be in covenant. If there's one message that's important for this hour, it's covenant. Agreement with God can be summed up in these verses I'm about to read. I'm going to show you 
There is a reciprocal action when God's word is followed. When God's word is followed. Leviticus 26, verse 3 in the King James Version, going through 12. He said, if you walk in my <coughs> statutes, which means my word, my, what I've asked you to do. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them. What's the key words there? And do them. God said, this is the rules. This is what I'm laying out in this covenant. Are you still doing them? Will you continue to do them? He said, if you do them, then I will give you rain in due season. You need the rain, I'm sending it. And the land shall yield her increase. That means when you plant something, it's going to grow. Now, let me say this. He's talking about a garden here and about a farmer here. But let me just tell you, when you plant something into the kingdom of God, financially, you plant a seed and you do what God has asked you to do, he will bring increase. You know, a lot of it, some people are against the message of prosperity. You know why? Because they're not walking in it. Once they walk in it, they'll, they'll no longer have a problem with it. He said, because I'm going to give you rain in due season, and your land's going to bring her increase, and the trees of the field shall bring her fruit. You're going to have it. And your threshing floor shall reach unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time, and ye shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. It's all in covenant. And I will give peace in the land. You wonder why we have no peace in the United States of America? Here it is right here. There is no peace because we're not following God. We're not listening to the Lord anymore. We're not, we're not, we're not honoring him anymore. Once we do that, Leviticus, you say, well, that's Leviticus. Well, I don't care. God, when he says a thing, he means a thing, and it's the same thing. Matter of fact, when Jesus died on the cross, he solidified all this and put a period on the sentence and said, it shall come to pass. He said, you'll lie down and nothing shall make you afraid. And I will rid evil beasts out of your land. We need that in America today. Neither shall the sword go through your land. And you shall chase your enemies and they shall fall before you by the sword. And five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. For I will... This is key. For I will have respect unto you. Why? Because you're in covenant with me. I will have respect unto you and make you fruitful and multiply you and establish my covenant with you. I'm going to establish it so people can see it in you. You demonstrate it. You're living in it. You're walking in it. And because of that, people say, I want some of what they got. I'll establish my covenant with you, and you shall eat, and you shall eat old store and bring forth the old because of the new. That means you're going to have plenty. 
And I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall, shall not abhor you. My soul shall not hate you. And I will walk among you, and, you, and I, I will walk among, among you, and will be your God, and you shall be my people. That's covenant. And in John 14, verse 15, he goes on in the New Testament. He says, so if you love me, keep my commandments. You want covenant? You want inexpressible joy? You want this happiness that I speak of? Here it is right here. You understand you don't just choose covenant. How many people know you can choose something and never walk in it? You must pursue that which you desire. You have to pursue relationship with God in order to walk into the provision of the agreement. How many people want the provisions of the agreement? That's the contract. Just because you choose doesn't mean you can take claim. Action must meet your choice. Action must meet your choice. What about covenant, then, Bishop? What are you talking about, this agreement? Oh, pastors. Covenant will test the fiber of your will. It'll test you. It'll test your desire and presses from your earthen vessel the pure from the contaminated or the non-pure. It'll press you. In other words, it will separate the flesh from the spirit. That's what covenant will do. If you don't believe that, brother, you're missing it. Covenant, being in agreement with God, will separate the flesh from the spirit. You'll find out who you are. Now, the devil, the enemy of your soul, don't want you to hear this. But covenant is the only thing that will take you from here to glory. And it's the only thing that will get you from here to glory. What do you mean? Jesus Cut a covenant with mankind, with the world. He did himself. So when I think about this great covenant, the church is the place where covenant should be honored and practiced, yet we have forgotten it. Why? Because the church is God's micro community of what the kingdom is supposed to look like. 